Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? Welcome everyone, one and all as always, to this week's episode of GrappleCast. It's me, your host, Taryn, and as always, I am joined by Jamie, Dan, and Joe. What up, Oos? How's it all going, guys? What's up, Oos? How's your week been, everyone? Yeah? Loving it, actually. Yeah, it started to rain. You know, our spring's now gone, it's raining. But apart from that, it's bank holiday this weekend, so happy days. I know. Well, me and Jamie were just talking about the weather actually beforehand because I mean it's absolutely poured it down here today. But yeah, the bank holiday is coming up. It does look like I don't know what it's going to be like for you guys in Wales, but it's supposed to brighten up a little bit over the weekend for us. I'm going to the zoo on Sunday, so I don't want it to rain. <laughs> well, if not, you know the ducks will be happy at the zoo anyway. That's very true, but the elephants won't, and I want to see the elephants. <laughs> 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 the elephants, I love the elephants. And um, it's the big 3-0 on Friday. It's Jamie's big 3-0 on Friday as well. He finally joins the 30 club. It all goes downhill from here, so believe me, believe me. I think I can realize... get vaccinated finally. <laughs> I didn't realise you're <laughs> the youngest member of the podcast now, Jamie. He is now, right. yeah. <laughs> We'll have to ask you, like, who Bad Bunny is in the future. Yeah, those <laughs> questions are coming to you now, Jamie. Yeah, you do realise as the youngest <laughs> member of the... Yes. You do realise as the youngest member of the podcast now, it's obligatory that you have to download the Bad Bunny album and buy tickets for the next worldwide tour. You said they haven't already. Oh, God. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. We'll just, we'll I don't just like mention... This. We'll mention random people like Tatanka and the Basham brothers and see if he knows who they are. <laughs> at least he knows. At least the difference is he knows <laughs> what's going Danny on. Talking Danny himself. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's That's jump into some podcast, wrestling. They were. Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. Right, let's jump into some wrestling news. Yeah, we'll start the news this week. <laughs> a little bit of a... <laughs> A little bit of a change this time round. We'll start off with some news. Um, yeah, kind of, um, if we start off with the old Mickey James business, I think it obviously started last week. I don't think we touched on it really last week, but a bit more stuff has blown up in the, in the last few days. Obviously, we spoke about the fact that Mickey James was on the release list, um, among others. Um, but what we didn't touch was the fact that she had her care package, as she calls it, basically all her belongings were sent on to her. But rather than be sent on, you know, in, in a courteous way, let's say, uh, in a way that, you know, you would be happy to receive your items, they they showed up in a, in a black bin bag, a black garbage bag with just a, a name written on a piece of tape, and that included all of her belongings. I mean, that's effectively been sent on by the HR department, really, the pers- uh, People Services Department of the WWE. Um, what's his name? This is good journalism, isn't it, for doing a, uh, a Mark Carano. Mark Carano, that's it. He's effectively taken the brunt of it. I'm sure there's a full department, but because he's head of it all, he's taken the brunt of it. And uh, effectively, he's been fired. He's been relieved of his duties by the WWE. Mm. And I thought that was quite interesting that... The WWE Triple H himself, and I believe Stephanie did as well, actually commented on it on Twitter and said, you know, put out an apology to Mickey James and said the person responsible for this has been relieved of their duties. And that was Mark. Um, 
best of my knowledge, they haven't done something like that before when people have been released. Obviously, this is slightly different. People have aired their grievances before when they've been released. Um, But I was still surprised to see that they effectively made their own personal statements on it and said you know, we the person responsible no longer works for us anymore. Ap- apologies for that. Usually they tend to stay quite quiet and on the lowdown. I don't know what you guys think about the situation. Um, well, let's go, Jamie. Go on, Jamie, you start, and then we'll hear off Joe. I'll, I'll say one of them for now. Um, with the, um, obviously, with that happening, I'm pretty sure Maria Canellis and Gail Kim commented to say that it's happened to them as well. So it's not just a one-time thing. So apparently this is something that's happened in the past. And the second thing I was going to say, if you think that's bad, try flying with Ryanair. You think that's bad service? There you go. <laughs> well, it did make a good point. We'll go on to Joe in a moment. But just what you were saying then, Jamie, about the fact that, you know, Gail Kim and um, who else did you say? Sorry. Maria Canellis. Maria Canellis, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, Marie Canales was released, what, at least a year or two now ago. Well, she's um, obviously um, years ago when they went to, to back to New Japan. Well, yeah, and Gail Kim was released in a second stint about, probably about six years ago now, at least. So is this a case of the fact that people like Triple H, um, you know, Paul Levesque and, and Stephanie McMahon didn't know about this, which it's interesting to me that they didn't know about it if that's true because this has effectively been going on for at least six seven if not ten years this has been happening so either they they didn't know about it and this is the first time they're happening or they have known about it but because somebody is aired about aired their grievances about it online they felt they needed to you know say oh this is the first time we've known about it and make an example of someone joe would do you what do you think about that um I think that it was the last straw. I read online that um, he's been doing it as well as Jamie said that he's done it to Gail Kim and other people, and he's also been on Talk Divas as well. I know that's like a reality show, but apparently, like um, on like the backstage bit of Talk Divas, like he's got a bad reputation with the women. Like he's a bit like he's he's basically got got a creepy reputation. He said some like um, not very nice thing to the women's talent. He's had a bad reputation for a while, and from what I've read, this was kind of the last straw. Yeah, um, and and we have to say, you know, this is all speculation, speculation. and this is just hearsay, of course, uh, of what what's being said. None of it has been confirmed as true by by himself, obviously. So it it is all just hearsay and speculation. But I will add to that as far as I, I believe I. I might be wrong in, in saying this as far as the relation. It might have been his ex-girlfriend or an ex-partner of his has also come out and said, again, this is just speculation, this is just what she said, that um, she's alleging that he has stolen WWE property and a lot of their missing title belts, allegedly, are under his bed, she said, and that he's stolen them and kept the property for himself. So, you know... It, the longest-ending champion of all time. <laughs> well, he is now, yeah. Um, Maybe he's actually vacant. <laughs> it's true, right? We've got it. Close <laughs> up on now we know it. Bacon has been identified. Um, I was thinking with it, like it would have made it okay. I mean, it's not okay. You need to treat your employees well, and you know, make sure because Mickey James could be a future Hall of Famer. But the only way that it would have oh, she's been... definitely getting her Hall of Fame induction now after all yeah. this. Well, she would have before. She was very well thought of, and I think they just they they cut her because they needed to make the cuts, and 
you know, they, they came to that agreement. But she's probably, I think had, a the only... big, she's probably had a big money contract as well, didn't she? Yeah. She's not going to do it for cheap, so. Exactly. Like, I think um... the only way it would have made it acceptable is if uh, Duke the Dumpster Drozy turned up <laughs> and he's still employed and that's how they deliver the packages. I think that's the only way it would have been acceptable. But yeah, yeah you've just been released. Yeah, you'd be just being released from a company and they're delivering you all of your gear in a rubbish bag. It's not exactly the nicest way of parting terms. And um, I agree with you in terms of the Triple H and Steph may be not of known. I think I heard them on a podcast or an interview before saying, look, we, we, we can't deal with every avenue of the business. It's, it's impossible. Like They deal with certain elements, but they trust these people to... You know, leave talent with you know a good taste in their mouth, to so to speak. You know, and on good terms. And then when they're seeing on social media that Mickey James, who's been in the company for God knows how long, future Hall of Famer, and she's having all of her stuff in a trash bag, makes the company look bad. And yeah, they need to action it. And I think, like you said as well, you know, hearing some of these horror stories again, we don't know if they're true. We don't. We need to hear both sides. But it's not really shining him a good light, is it? No, it's not. It'll be interesting to see what, if anything else, comes out of it. I mean, as far as the WWE concerned, it, it's done and dusted for, for them. They said, right, you know, we know this has happened. It ain't going to happen again. And the person responsible has, has gone. So, unfortunately, if if any of these accusations aren't true towards the man, unfortunately, it's tarnished him with a very bad brush and he might struggle to find, you know, employment going forward, certainly in the role that he was previously in you know in a hr type role but if it is true then unfortunately he's he's made his bed let's say in this instance and uh hopefully it won't happen again i'm sure it won't happen again going forward now because uh, they're aware of everything that's that's occurred um but yes yeah, so let's move on we've had the list um released for the upcoming third season of dark side of the ring i know Jamie and myself have watched most, if not all, of the first two series um, of that. I don't know if you and uh, Joe have done. Um, um, ben Marwan and Owen. I Mann. haven't seen, believe it or not, I've seen none of them. I've heard of them, but Joe's watched wow. a, lot, a couple of them. I've never seen any of them. This is the Ben so and Owen one. They are fantastic, as Joe just said. The Benoit, I think that was a two-parter. The um, Owen one. Um, there is one finale, the, wasn't it? It was, yeah. The... Um, Miss Elizabeth one that touches slightly on Match of Man Randy Savage as well. That's that's really good. I mean, you know, for anyone who hasn't watched it, it really is what it says on the tin. It's I, the dark I haven't, side I haven't the finished. I haven't finished all of series one, but I think I've watched all of series two because there was some weird stuff in series two, like um, one of the ones that took you by surprise. What what's that guy called? The the, the hardcore guy. I can't New Jack. Called, New Jack. Jesus Christ. He's that's, a mental yeah. guy. <laughs> He basically like, didn't like this guy, so he just threw him off scaffolding. It was like, oh, God. <laughs> Made sure he missed the tables completely. Honestly, uh, Dan, you need to watch it. The series... Sorry, pardon me. There we go. That's the uh, Diet <laughs> Pepsi. The uh, There's an episode based on the Brawl for All, and obviously it's got Vince Russo there. Jim Cornette's on most of these episodes as well. Worth it watching for that. <laughs> yeah, but that Brawl for All was great. My favourite, I think, apart from the... Um, Benoit one, if you can say favourite for such a morbid episode, <laughs> um, is the Cocaine and Cowboy Boots episode, the Herb Abrams story. It's about um, Herb Abrams, who is basically the Vince McMahon of the UWF, the Universal Wrestling Federation. Just watch that episode. I, I had no prior knowledge of the UWF, with it being a very Americanized um federation or indeed herb abrams because obviously it was before our time it was the um late 80s early 90s 
watch it. It's fantastic. It's this promoter who just gets high on cocaine all the time, who comes up with the UWF, who thinks he can rival the WWE at the time, puts a shit ton of money into the company, gets Andre the Giant for one event because he just finished his contract with WWF at the time, gets him on TV and says, Andre the Giant has signed for the company. Vince McMahon is like, wow, we didn't know Andre was basically out of contract, rings him up and signs him up straight away. So that was Andre's <laughs> only appearance just on TV, saying he'd signed him. This is right at the end of Andre's career as well, so he really couldn't have done much of anything. And then they um, have their pay-per-views as well. And This is why it's brilliant, because they they market this pay-per-view. Um, off the top of my head, it was um, Beach Brawl, it might have been because it was their only pay-per-view in history and they had it in Florida and it was like headline between Steve Williams and Bam Bam Bigelow and there was an undercard as well and the event was an absolute massive failure. Not only did they not sell out the arena, it was about over quarter capacity. The buy rate of the pay-per-view was um, awful, awful. It was like in the low thousands, they wanted to sell like hundred thousands going into like a million. That's what he was saying. He was going to do like well over a million. He sold like 2000 buys on pay-per-view. If, if that's even right. And he even said, Oh, there's going to be another, another special, like a St. Valentine's day massacre. That's what he was going to call it. Um, yeah, it, it didn't go ahead because effectively he got so high on cocaine he ended up <laughs> dying. Um, and it's just, you need to watch it. The pay-per-views are even on YouTube as well. If you just type in UWF pay-per-views and watch them, the ring announcer is the worst ring announcer you have ever heard, ever. They come down to some of the wrestlers. Um, John Laurinaitis is one of the wrestlers. And he's like... And then Bam Bam Bigelow and Steve Williams. And the announcer's like, oh, coming down to the ring. Give us a big cheer, everyone. Here he is. It's it's Dr. Death Steve Williams. Here he comes. He's walking down to the ring. Come on, give him a big cheer, everybody. <laughs> That's it. Raise the roof for him when you get about five people in the crowd going, yeah, yeah. And he's going, come on, you can do better than that. And that is announcing as they're coming down to the ring. <laughs> if that is worth the ticket price admission just for that that's like the Thunderdome now yeah but he's just oh I'm going to send you a link in our group chat afterwards you need to see how absolutely perfectly awful it is and the Dark Side of the Ring episode for that one the Herb Abram story is just worth I'm, you know what I'm going to re-watch it I've seen it about four times um, it is, it's, it's worth it it's worth it it is on Vice TV um, they get a bit of fantastic. Vice TV over here though aren't they I think you can watch it over in the UK. It's on four on demand as well. I mean, obviously, you only need to type. I'm not advocating it. You only need to type it online and you can watch it somewhere. <laughs> but if um, you have Sky Search outside the ring, it will still come up. Exactly. And and Dan, for yourself especially, watch them. Don't need to be watching any order, um, obviously. Pick and choose. But certainly for one that I had no prior knowledge of, the Herb Aver story is absolutely worth a watch. It is incredibly crazy. There's even conspiracy theories out there that he isn't even dead, that he's still alive. <laughs> um, but yes, as we were saying, they've... Um, They've released the list. Absolutely some interesting topics on, on this one. The premiere episodes, a two-hour premiere on Brian Pillman. Can't wait for that. I'm sure there's some fantastic stories about Brian Pillman. And he's still called on that one. Yes, yes, he is. I think Jericho is narrating the series as well, like he did Series 2, I want to say. I know he, he narrated the Series 2 episodes. Um, I think he's narrating the Series 3 ones as well. Um, 
Vince Russo, I think, has signed up to be in the um, as as Jim Corner as always. I know Jim Corner as because I listen to his podcasts. Um, Jr. as well, Jericho, I think, as well, obviously because he's narrating. It's just basically like an AEW, isn't it? Like said, basically, he's just doing the channel again. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Stone Cold being on it will be interesting, and certainly for the Brian Pillman one. Um, we've got the WCW and uh, NJPW collision in Korea as well um so that'll be interesting nick gage i think that's the one that john box is going to be about the the death did did you watch the clip for it they released a clip for it and they were talking about how we had this match and basically cut all his head open with like um, a spike and then got a pizza cutter and put it through his mouth and pizza cut through his mouth disgusting and it showed the clip as well oh yeah crazy bastards that's gonna be blood everywhere that's well, I mean, granted, be, yeah, like, yeah. a lot of people saying, like, to go from a cushy job in WWE to go back onto, say, the indies and go out. Because you think after everything that he's done, John Moxley, through CZW and all of these hardcore matches, he could have a, a job for life in WWE and just basically live off, or live off yeah. the money. But oh, yeah. He's left oh, and went back to the indies and then now went back into AEW. And he's had a barbed wire match again. Absolutely. Um, there's an episode about the Ultimate Warrior. I'm sure that'll be interesting with all of everything leading up to his death and some of the shenanigans he got himself yeah. into. Um, episode on Grizzly, Grizzly Smith. Just, that'll just, be interesting. Just quickly about the the um, Ultimate Warrior one. Do you think they'll have, be able to use a lot of like WWE footage for it? You know, when they're talking about like, Hall of Fame and stuff. They did that DVD, didn't they? The destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, didn't they, a couple of years ago? Yeah, I yeah, think. I mean, but like, our dark side of the ring allowed to use WWE footage. Like, there's no like copyright or anything there, is he? I don't know if that's something. No, but to be honest, I don't think they'll really con. Obviously, they'll have to speak about his death. I mean, they um, did grow the up to a degree, didn't they? So yeah, they did. They did, they did show bits. So yeah. I think they'll have access to certain bits. I think what they're probably going to concentrate more on with the Ultimate Warrior is obviously the uh, alleged steroid usage throughout his career. The enlarged. Um, problems with the heart obviously that led to death but they'll probably also touch on the fact that he wasn't or alleged that he wasn't a very nice person in real life and he had some quite strong views um because i mean you only have to go on youtube and look at his youtube channel for some warrior award well (laughs) exactly isn't that an issue these days i think once they they may even get rid of the warrior award (laughs) once the the ultimate warrior award The horror story I always um, remember is um, when Triple H had his first WrestleMania match. It was a WrestleMania nine, and the horror stories that Triple H said on that, where he's got getting dropped on, on his you know all over yeah. the place and being battered, but he, he does it. And if you think about Triple H's career, it starts with the Ultimate Warrior. It's pretty decent. Well, let's see if that's mentioned. I'm sure it'll be mentioned. I'm sure Triple H won't have anything to say about it. Um, <laughs> there's a Grizzly Smith episode. That'll be interesting because he was the father of Jake the Snake Roberts. So, of course, I'm sure they'll go into the Jake the Snake side of things as well. Um, there's um, certainly some stories about Grizzly Smith and the way that he brought up his children as well. Um, that wasn't great from what I understand. And then, of course, we've got a Dynamite Kid episode as well probably quite similar to the ultimate warrior episode that one's going to be um one that's really going to interest me is the wwe steroid trials from the late 80s early 90s obviously when vince mcmahon was going through the steroid trials through the court um i think that'll be a very interesting episode 
there's going to be one on the um, FMW, the Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling um, Federation from Japan. There's going to be one on XPW as well, Extreme Pro Wrestling. It kind of um, came out of the folding of ECW. They kind of started themselves through there from 1999 up until 2003. I think they had some reunion shows in 2008, 2009, and 2011 as well. And so it'd be great to see what they go into details as far as that. Um, Luna Vachon, she's going to have an episode dedicated to herself. There's going to be the plane ride from hell. Now I, I know Dan, you one. are looking forward to, to that one. You hear so many stories about that plane ride from hell, and now we're going to find out, you know, what was true, what wasn't it? I've got a sneaking suspicion it's all going to be true. Well, he said things like Kurt Angle um, wrestled Vince McMahon. And there's all sorts going on. I think there's a cartoon series on the network in there where they try and lightheartedly touch on it. But I think they were on their way back from on like a 12-hour flight from um, Europe or Africa or somewhere. And they just all decided to go absolutely essay loco. Um, so, yeah, that one will be incredible to watch. There were so many different things. There was some with Michael Hayes and Bradshaw. There was some with Justin Runnels and Terry Runnels. Vince, yeah. Um Kurt Henning and Brock Lesnar having a fight mid thing as well. I did, yeah, I, that's mad. I don't. Which the, I don't know if the Kurt Angle and Vince McMahon thing was on the play ride from hell. I think that was separate, wasn't it? Was it not? I might be mistaken. No, I thought. It was I mean, we'll see. Well, yeah, watch the episode that. and find out. Well, Vince McMahon definitely I mean, had a fight with somebody. Because yeah. that's the thing, though. That surely they can they can only have. Like Chris Jericho and JR because they were there. <laughs> like they, they were probably on yeah. the plane, so or everyone's just going to be talking about stories from it. Because, uh, like I said, because they're on the other previous episodes, aren't they? But, yeah. I mean, he could have Kurt Angle. He's not technically signed with WWE, is he? They could have Kurt Angle with him. Yeah. I mean, they could have um, Dustin Runnels, Gold Dust. They could have him since he's, you know, I think AEW are far more entitled to allow their talent to be part of something like this than the WWE. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, and then finally finish off, there's going to be an episode on Bruiser Bedlam, Johnny K9, and Chris Canyon. I think the Chris Canyon one might be slightly depressing. So um, I don't know if that's going to finish off the um Yeah, Chris Canyon was such a good wrestler, but you know, it's, it's such a shame because obviously he had mental health issues and he was a gay wrestler in a time when being a gay wrestler was not, not the done thing, yeah. basically. I think Jericho had a podcast about Canyon a couple of months ago and um, it was the Young Bucks were, were saying that they were, he was a big influence on their careers and things. Uh, so the, I think he'll be led by the Bucks, Jericho. There's a lot of people who have a lot of stories about him. But with Canyon, I just remember um, that one segment on SmackDown. Was it between the big show and the it was Undertaker? And it was I like, think it was Undertaker. Was it like a gift or something? And he just starts saying, yeah. Do, you don't really want to hit me. <laughs> big show's really, really sorry. And then Undertaker beats him up. <laughs> but isn't that awful that for the career of Chris Canyon in WCW, and especially ECW, the, one of the things that we remember him most for is a bloody shitty piece on SmackDown where effectively he was used as a comedy character. I mean, don't get me wrong, he had those uses in ECW and WCW as well, but he had a much more stellar career before he got to WWE. But no, I think that'll be interesting. But yeah, I, I think, guys, I think that's a pretty solid, you know, it's the most episodes that they've had, um, you know, between the yeah, two it's like series. A I mean, it's almost, it? yeah, it's almost like the first two seasons worth of episodes all, all in the third series. And, and I think that's, you know, pretty, pretty strong. There's only, you know, I don't really think there's any episode there. I'll watch them all. 
I, I, I will. But I think this is probably the strongest season. Hmm. I don't think you need like, like Ben was obviously the main one. That's the one that you mainly wanted to watch, weren't it? And there's so many different it, stories out there that you can like that they haven't done or can do in the future as well. But. Exactly, and I think you said as well, didn't you, Jamie? Aren't they doing a couple of spin-off series now based on the popularity of Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah, so they got Dark Side of the '90s, which they haven't put a lot of information out yet. But uh, they've just released a teaser trailer for Dark Side of Football, so obviously American football, and they've just released the teaser trailer for that. And I think that starts on like May fourteenth, which is like a week or two after. Do you said. think they'll have a episode about the XFL? They've got to, surely. They've got to. XFL and no, OJ Simpson as well. They'll definitely be an OJ have, one. Yeah, uh, I don't think they need to do an XFL one because thirty for thirty's done one. Yeah, but XFL, XFL had nothing to do with the NFL. It wasn't a competition or anything. It no, but it's not football. I'm sure the NFL was just like. Ugh. But the problem <laughs> is the new XFL. If there hadn't been a pandemic, you know, we're talking it's five years down, down five years down the line. The NFL, it'd be gone. It'd be dead and buried, the NFL. And there's still chance since, you know, the XFL is now merging with the Canadian Football League. The Rock is the new owner. The NFL will be gone. Mark my words, let's put it on here now. The XFL (laughs) will be the only football league in America come 2025. Let's put it this way, for people that don't understand, so the NFL has obviously been going for, what, the Super Bowl is 50, 54, so 54 years of the NFL as it is now in the Super Bowl era. So let's take that as WWE, because that's been around for 50 years. And then yeah. you look at the XFL, I'd probably say a lot like Impact. Hey! <laughs> Not even AEW level. Well, it's just got to get off the ground. I mean, let's, you know, this is it, we just need to get this third incarnation of the XFL off the ground. Exactly. Football third incarnation. League. TNA, TNA Impact, Impact, and NWA TNA. There you go. And Global Championship Wrestling. You forgot about the Anthem version as well. Was it G Global Force Wrestling as well? That was a Global Global Force Wrestling. Yeah. XFL is the TNA of football. It isn't the well, technically, it isn't any of them, because it still needs to restart again. But you know, give it, give it chance, and it will be. You know, they're going to have, they're going to have it on a Monday. They're going to have XFL Raw on a Monday. They are, and then they're going to have a lower league with the Canadian league. Then they're going to have Raw Talk after XFL SmackDown. Yeah, it's going to be all there. I mean, this isn't an NFL podcast. That's a different one, but still, so soon there's going to be no NFL um, podcast for Jamie to do because he's going to have to convert to the XFL podcast. But um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to it. Dark Side of the Ring, I think we're all looking forward to that. What's the date, Jamie? You should know off the top of your head. Is it like 7th. May, May 7th with the first episode, is it? Maybe 6th. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, we shall look forward to that. Um, there was a UFC event. UFC 261 happened this week, and they had 15,000 people in attendance. I think JR was there. He said how great it was. Um I mean, time will tell in a couple of weeks of whether or not it was a disaster to have 15,000 people or not once uh, we see... They were very close um, as well. 
they, well, I don't think they had masks either, <laughs> did they? Yeah. So obviously, some people wore masks. But I'm sure some people wore them on the chins. Some people didn't got, have them at all. You've got yeah. this in America, but then you've got the World Snooker Championship back in the UK. They've got 500 people. They're all wearing masks. They've got triangles in their seats, you know. Yeah, all socially distanced. Then you've got Same. this in America. FA Cup. FA Cup um, yeah. had fans. They didn't need the, the um, City-Tottenham game, was it? Carabao Cup, sorry. It was, fans. but it was only 4,000. Was it 4,000 yeah. or 8,000? 4,000 fans. Probably, three, I'd, I'd probably say 4,000, which is 5%. It was, it was 4,000 plus NHS, uh, NHS staff. So it was 2,000, 2,000 NHS exactly. staff. So we're slowly yeah. getting back to a bit of normality, but in America they had fifteen thousand at the USC. Um, but they've always done that in Florida. They've always had people. They have. Like said, WrestleMania was Florida. Um, obviously, AEW's in Florida. They're going back. Apparently, blood, blood and guts, which I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about next week when it is on, is going to have a full yep. stadium. They are allegedly so, and I think now the WWE is taking notice of this, and certainly on JR's comments and the fact that there was 15,000 at UFC, and I think they've said that you know the next event with um, capacity, whether or not it's going to be full or whether or not they'll go kind of half or quarter capacity like WrestleMania, is going to be SummerSlam, and then from then on then they may look at trying to bring back again, whether at full capacity or not, but uh, Raw and SmackDown and certainly NXT. Um Back, back to fans as well. So what's everyone's thoughts on that? They should just do pay-per-views with fans if that's what they want to do. Like you said, just have fans at the pay-per-views. You don't need to for Raw SmackDown. Do you the Thunderdome for well, that? Maybe for like until the next obviously six gets better. Yeah. So and like then just trial. do, say, 15%, 20% of fans. If you want to do it like AEW and UFC, put everything in Florida because that's where you're allowed fans because Florida don't care. It's like, go on, have some fans. <laughs> I think as long as everyone's, you know, taking precautions to be safe, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the uptake of the COVID jab is in US or Florida in particular, but, you know, as long as at least, you know, some of the people there have had jabs and, and you know, they're taking precautions, then I'm all for it. But, you know, we'll see in a couple of weeks' time if somebody from the UFC gets ill. But, you know, time well, will tell. One of them is very ill. they got a, a really badly broken leg. <laughs> oh, that video! The first, the first, the first fight, the first man to ever win a UFC fight without even throwing a punch. Throwing. <laughs> <laughs> he literally went to kick him. He blocked it, and all of a sudden, his leg just went. Oh, and oh. then didn't even realize. Tried to stand on it, and he just bent. <laughs> oh, I, I proper went to that. I, I'm not. I'm not like um. What the. I'm not a squeamish yeah. person. But, it uh, reminded me of that psychosis leg break in yeah. WCW. Well, the worst part <laughs> the is, well, the worst part is, well, because I watched the event, the, the fight beforehand had to stop at the end of the first round because he got kicked in his knee and couldn't stand on it and basically damaged all his nerves in his leg. So literally, oh. his, so when he was standing, his foot was like bending. I was like, oh, Jesus, he's like broke a bone here or something. But apparently it was just nerve damage. So even that was a bit queasy because he literally, when he was moving, his foot was just kept going over himself because it couldn't keep his weight. So you've and then the next fight was that. So you've got two fights in a row with severe injury. I tell you what, this UFC is dangerous. Ban it. Get it banned. <laughs> Let's it make it a predetermined yeah. sport. It reminded me of, you know, in Harry Potter when uh, Harry's playing Quidditch. Oh. 
and he, 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 break, <laughs> he breaks his arm, and they 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 jump that um, <laughs> that guy jellifies his arm, and he goes like, Bruh. Lockout. Yeah, but Lockout, he jellifies his arm. I don't like arm. Harry Potter, but I know what you mean. I have seen that, yeah. Which, 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 <laughs> house, which house are you in, Taryn? None, and you know why I'm not in any. Because <laughs> it doesn't exist. My He's wife says, oh, look, you're He's in He's definitely a Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah no. He's a Hufflepuff like me. Yeah, and I, apparently I'm Ravenclaw, and the wife goes, look, you are, you're Ravenclaw. And I'm, yes, but I'm not. Yeah, but you are. I've just put you in the sorting cat. You haven't, because there isn't a sorting cat. You've gone on a website, pressed a button, and Good it's put me in a fake. It, there's no hat. There's no houses. It ain't real. I mean, then she turns around and goes, well, wrestling isn't real. I'll go, right, stop there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Conversation over. You go back and watch Game of Thrones. That's as real as, as that as well. But, yeah. <laughs> Right, that's um, that's your news for this week. Um, just before we go into a quick look at Impact's Rebellion, I just want to check with you guys. Have any of you guys watched the WWE Most Wanted Treasures series? No, no, I've Ooh, seen that. Now. Is this is this like the Disney show? Like, no, where they just go around like. Because uh, if you watched it on Disney Plus, it's like a guy who goes around trying to find like props and films. Is it like that? It yeah, kind of is. It's like it's, in the attic, isn't it? I've, yeah. I've watched the first two episodes, so it's on A and E channel over um over in the US. It's not on the network, anything like that. There it's are because A and A and E have done like a Stone Cold and a Roddy Piper documentary as well. They, it's they like what are A and E doing? I'm like, hey. they signed some sort of contract with them to produce this so it's not on the network over here and it's not on peacock over there like i say it is um it is on a and e and i've watched the first episodes i found them online i didn't download them i found them online and streamed them and watched and there are means to do it and the best way i can describe it is is like it's a bit like a cross between like you say that disney plus series where he goes out and finds props from films it's also a bit like porn stars in in the fact that that they're obviously not bringing them in to be valued the the show you look at Dan's face you know what i mean porn Hello, stars TV series. you've been searching <laughs> the internet have you <laughs> basically it's you can tell there's elements that are scripted just like all these reality shows are, are scripted but they each episode is dedicated to a different wrestler or wrestlers and they've got triple h and stephanie mcmahon basically the premise of the series is is that they want to complete and fill out the collection in the wwe warehouse and find the lost treasures of the wwe and find out where they are out in the world whether that be props or costumes or whatnot and they enlist the help of this i can't remember his name but there's apparently a, a guy in the performance center at the moment no one's ever heard of him he's training to be a wrestler but he's also a big collector enthusiast and there's somebody else as well, well we and they're trying they are, to though, find the, the lost oh he's not even on the list of the well, performance no, Mark carano's got everything and he under his bed so. well yeah exactly that'll be series two um but the first episode is dedicated to mick foley so mick foley goes out with this guy to try and find um anything from his career so they go and see a collector who collects things to find an original mr socko so mick foley's there to say whether or not that this mr socko that this wrestling collector's got is real and if it is they offer them money to buy it off them so they can put it in the ww warehouse this guy's like no i don't want any money for it just seeing you is good enough just come and say hello to my kids and you can have it there's another guy who's got like um the Cactus Jack checkered shirt, and he's like, no money in the world is going to buy this off me. So they offer him like two and a half, four thousand dollars for it. He's saying no, and then he's like, 
what if we let you have a per, a tour around the WWE um like warehouse where we keep everything and he goes give me a free tour and let me swap this for another item and we can uh, plus some money and then I'll think about you having it so they give him they give him the two by four wrapped in barbed wire from the Triple H Mick Foley hell in the cell and swap that plus like two two and a half thousand dollars so there's some things they're willing to get rid of to get to like complete collections so that it was all right and then the second episode is the Undertaker and Kane and they're both in it and they both go around with these people and they find um the, what they think is the original cane mask, but it's not. It's the second incarnation of the cane mask. Um, and the original urn that Paul Bear had from when he turned on the Untaker and hit him on the head, Mark Calloway goes out with them to find that. And they find it in a funeral parlour museum because Will, uh, Willie Moody, who played Paul Bear, gave gave them that to, like, um, gave it to the museum. And again, they they offer them money or they swap things and things like that to kind of, like, complete the collection. It's interesting more to watch just to see the wrestlers go out and find the stuff. Like the Undertaker's got some of the stuff basically in his garage, and he says he's not opened any of this stuff for years. So he finds in there the original like Phantom Mask that he had to wear when he injured himself, and the original purple costume that he wore with the gloves, um, and like the um, boot covers as well. Um, and you kind of watch it and you think. They say, like, oh, we've hardly got any Mick Foley stuff, or we've hardly got any Undertaker stuff, or we've hardly got any Kane stuff. And you kind of think, you know, this warehouse, they've released clips before on YouTube of stuff they've got in this warehouse. You're not telling me the WWE doesn't have a Mankind mask or doesn't have a checkered shirt. They must do. So it's obviously scripted to an extent for the program, but it's definitely worth watching because it's just interesting seeing people like Kane, Mick Foley, The Undertaker going out into the real world with someone to go and find these collectors or go to these museums or go into people's garages who bought stuff from auctions before and when I say offer them money I'm sure again it's predetermined on how much money they're going to offer and they've said something off camera but yeah it, it really is a bit like a porn stars cash in the attic um, what, what's that What's that one well, with, the... Well, with, with the Disney oh. Plus one though it's weird that you say that they buy the items back because with the Disney Plus one it's just about finding these items so oh no no, this is to find them. Yeah, yeah, this but is like, them to put them in the warehouse. So they offer them money or they offer them no, swaps. Like, allegedly, with the, with the Disney one, they're just like, oh, we just want to find some old stuff. So basically, yeah. say they did uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and he went around with Christopher Lloyd and like, went around the actors to like try and find props and special things from there. Like, oh, so and it was like there was a bit where they actually got the original suit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Christopher Lloyd, and like literally got to see for the first time since what 1989 and like they're not trying to buy it they're just trying to obviously they found like the mary yeah, poppins no, original they, hat they that the girl had it. or something like that and it's like here's the hat from mary poppins and gave it to the girl who was obviously What's that like, called? I want to watch it. all grown up it's on disney plus mercedes has watched nearly every episode i'll let you know after the podcast it's like american pickers yeah. It's American pickers for WWE props, costumes, belts, all that. But it's the wrestlers going out with this guy to find them, to buy them back, basically to put them back in WWE's property, basically. We know, um, um, yeah, it's WWE, worth we know WWE listen to us, so I'm going to throw an idea out there. If, they can, if they can get Paul White on there, it's Paul White. Oh, yeah, it's Paul White. And can we have him searching the entire episode just for an original Turbo Man? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
they technically can say it's a WWE prop because WWE films may jingle all the way too. So that's a very loose connection, but we we could do that. I yeah. found a Turbo Man once, and I, and I didn't no. I didn't think to get it. And then you posted online. I don't know, uh, two or three years later, that you were looking for and couldn't find one. They well, had yeah, one in, they're worth like hundreds now. Yeah, yeah they yeah, had one in exactly. uh, a place called Galactic Attic. Galactic attic in cardiff uh, they've got like a um a geek memorabilia shop there and they actually had one boxed it was like 200 quid um yeah i, I, I bet you was a oh. spanish version it was the multilingual one oh, like an lovely, lovely. <laughs> I should have it. uneducational <laughs> i haven't been able to find one since i would love that back in the collection well, of course, a sum assembly required. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, uh, um, just to let you know, uh, that Disney Plus one is called Prop Culture. Yes, I have seen it on there. I haven't watched it, but I have seen it on there. Great. Yeah, so anyone who's listening who hasn't watched it, and to you guys, um, Google it. You'll, you'll find it online to stream. WWE Most Wanted Treasures. Just really, really interested. I think it's on Sunday nights in the US, so it's available to watch online somewhere from a Monday. First one so far, Mick Foley, and then Mark Calloway and Glenn Jacobs, second one. Just really, really interesting. Worth a watch. Lovely. Speaking of worth a watch, I haven't watched it. I know Jamie hasn't, but Rebellion was on this week, Impact. I know, Joe, you watched it. Give us a lowdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. Um, so Rebellion was on this week. It was a pretty good card, to be honest. Um, so they had a pre-show match with Rosemary and Havoc versus Susan and Kimberly. Um, um, Susan and Kimberly. Kimberly Susan. used to be oh, um, yes. Kimberly used to be in NXT. She was um, blonde. We've actually seen her wrestle. She faced Tegan Knox in the new in uh, Neon yeah. in the Newport. We paid six quid and watched her live. It was great. Yeah, oh, Susan God. used to be called Suli, and then um, she, um, but she went to the Demon Realm, and now she's just Susan in like a suit. Um, gotta be Kane. Gotta be Kane. <laughs> yeah. So she used to have like a demon gimmick, like the thing gimmick. Um, like, sorry, the ring gimmick. Like she was like the girl from the ring, and she was like a demon. And then now she's got sent to the Shadow Realm. Now she's just Susan. Um, yep. So Rosemary and Havoc won that. Um, then there's the exhibition. Yeah, she's just called Susan. Yeah. She used to be called Sumi, and then she became a lawyer, and they called her Susan. So they can't sue. Surely Sumi makes more sense as a lawyer. <laughs> Sumi, yeah, it does. <laughs> Go on. Don't give him uh, ideas. So they had the X Division title match. There was Joss Alexander versus TGB versus East Austin. And uh, Joss Alexander won that, and he was the other guy in the North one who wears the like hat thing. <laughs> the hat thing. And then we had a big surprise then. Big cast debuted on Impact yes. Wrestling. Now, I did see this. I did watch the clip. Is it what W. Morrissey's name is? William yeah, Morrissey, yeah. William Morrissey, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I, good luck to him, is all I can say. I know he's had his issues since he left. I just hope he doesn't go off the rails a bit. I hope he stays safe, he doesn't get injured, and you never never know. No, I'm not saying he has to go back to WWE. In fact, he's probably best not doing, but if that's what he wants, if this is the new platform that he can build himself on for a year or two, like, say, stay clean, stay safe, put on a good show, um... Yeah, fair play. Mm, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, exactly. Can do it. Why not? But will this be the, you know, give it maybe six months and then will Enzo come in as well? And and then I'm just a bit like, oh, do you know what I mean? I think I'd rather just see what Big Cass can do, Mm. or Morrissey, should I say, see what he does by himself. 
Yeah, well, apparently he's got himself clean. He's doing DDP yoga now. Um, Happy days. He, he's joined um, Violent by Design. Um, apparently, um, what's his name? Eric um, Young. Eric Young was injured, so he's um, replaced Eric Young. Um, so he joined Violent by, by Design, and they were facing James Storm, Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, and Winnie Mack. Um, Violent by Design won. Um, in an overall good match. Uh, the next match then was Brian Myers versus Matt Cardona, so um, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. WWE Jobber versus WWE Jobber. Yeah. Woo-woo-woo. Woo-woo. <laughs> um, jobbed it. <laughs> this was a pretty good match. Brian Myers beat Matt Cardona. The only thing I could really note of this, um, Cardona used a spear, a just spear, and then... Um, Brian Myers used the kill switch, so they were doing the Edge and Christian spots. Yeah. And the next bit then was um, there was like a, a segment then about the unification match um, between Witch Schwan and Kenny Mega. Um, both Tony Khan and Scott Dean will come out and they were arguing about who should be the referee. They finally decided they should have one referee from Impact. Uh, Brian Hebner, one referee from <laughs> AW, Audrey Edwards, and there's a referee in each corner. I do like Audrey Edwards. <laughs> yeah, Audrey is great. Uh, <laughs> the next match then was uh, for the knockouts tag team belts. It's Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellerin. This is Kieran Hogan and Ch- Tasha Steels. Fire, fire and flavor. Of, was it? Oh, that was you know, fire flavor. All, all I saw was that Jordan Grace won, and I was very happy with that. Yeah. Very happy indeed. She and is great. Right. I know we've said it before, but she she needs to be the star of the women's division. And um, Rachel Ellering's really good. She was in the May Young Classic. She was Rachel Evers, um, you know, Paul Ellering's daughter. Yep. Um, she's a, she's really good, and I'm glad that she's actually found the footing. And Impact's a great place to go. You look at. Um, What's her face? Who was the women's cha- the men's champion before? Yeah, um, you know they do Tessa. really. Tessa Blanchard, that's it. Yeah, yeah they do, they do really well with their women's division. They do promote them and make them rise up. And yeah, I do agree with you with Jordine Grace. There's not much more that she could do. So to give her a run with the tag belts with another you know powerhouse, you know th- those two will be cracking. I think. Yeah, who's it? Impact were the first company to introduce women's tag teams, weren't they? Like the knockouts, were yeah, they called or something like so. that? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, Jazz is managing them now. So Jazz is the manager of Rachel Allen and Jordine Grace. Um, Fair the, enough. Ne- the next match was Trey Miguel versus Sammy Call- Callahan in a last man standing match. Uh, Trey Miguel won. Uh, it was just an alright match, nothing to write home about. Uh, the next match then was the tag team title match between Finn Juice and the Good Brothers. Finn Juice. Yeah, Finn Juice was. Um, it's David Finley and um, Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson, the tree hugging guy. TJ Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> no, is it TJ Perkins? No, no. not TJ Perkins. Um, sorry. CJ Parker. TJ, CJ, MJ. Mr. Tony Storm. Yeah, Mr. Tony Storm himself. Yeah. Finn Juice won. Good old Ben Juice. The next match then was. Diana Prazo versus Tanel Dashwood, Emma. Yeah. Diana Prazo wins. 
um, because Kimberly and Susan interfered on their behalf. So that Susan. might be it. Oh, well, that might there be, we go. That might be a new um, faction, Susan and Kimberly with Tilly and Dash, you know, um, with Diana Prazo. They've been a faction for a while. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's not R2, is it? The real impact at the minute, though. Yeah. Um, the next bit then, uh, Maru Ronaldo joins the commentary team of Match Striker and Dino Bray. He just sat at the commentary table. <laughs> Io Shirai out the sky, she eats some pie. Uh, and then it was the main event Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan for the Omega, uh, for the Impact title. Um, Kenny Omega has the good brother in his corner, and Rich Swan has two other people in his corner, but I, uh, I wasn't sure who they were. Um, yeah, and Kenny Omega wins the, the, the collector, a, the collector, he wins the Impact title off Rich Swan with Shin shenanigans but he wins i just i you heard what my thoughts were on it on it last week as far as how i thought it was going to go down obviously i was completely wrong i have no real comments to make other than i just don't get it i just do not get it how how do they how do they book themselves out of this situation now kenny omega was still a wrestle yeah you have rich rich swan will turn up um on aew and you'll get ambushed and beaten beaten up so then next week You'll have all of Impact wanting their belt back, so there's an invasion angle, um, and then um, you know they, they have to book it. So Kenny, Omega's I get the invasion angle, but how does Kenny Omega drop the title either back to Rich One or to, to someone else? The next pay per view, he has to he's put more books him against like six other people. Screw him over or something? You don't know, do you? Like literally, he could just screw. But that's surely like... the only way that they can do it is if Don Callis suddenly screws him over and then goes over to Impact. In fact, that's the only way they could get him out of it because you they... surely can't just have him lose clean because then he's back on what about the AEW. AEW as a what about the thing doing non compete? Just... You know, when you don't defend your title for thirty days and they strip it off him. Or <laughs> well, or when have they like ever you... come with that? Say like you do this invasion angle, they'll have a joint pay per view, and he has to defend both belts in the same night. It'll be too knackered to obviously retain both belts, mm. so that's why he'll and lose the triple the impact R. one. You'll have to face. You have to go for the triple. You have to defend his triple R as well. He'll lose all of them. So yeah, he'll have to defend all of them. I would really watch that. The AW one. That that's it. There you go. I'm just I'm not a big Kenny Omega fan. This is why I don't we like what they're doing. This is why I've applied for the writer's job at WWE. There you go. Get Get David Otunga to do all the legal bits. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's that theme. We, we still need to do uh, an episode. We still need to do an episode dedicated on the top wrestling themes. Or, or that episode needs to be, you know, the top worst yet best themes. Could you imagine? Be on there. For the greatest movie, yeah. Do that whole, like we said, that we're going to do a month, like not related to any films, and we just do top yeah. 10 best themes. No one else would know what to do. <laughs> just be us talking about it. I'll write this song. I think we need to mention Rico's I like song. Looks yes, good to me. Rico. But God, who, who, who's even is it now? We, who used it last? Santina. What? <laughs> Yeah, Santina's used um, Rico's theme. Obviously, we've had Brodus Clay use Ernest the Cat Miller's theme. I'm trying to think of people that have reused other. Obviously, no, Kurt Eve, Angle Eve, didn't originally have his theme. It was the Patriot. Eve, Eve, did Eve Torres had um, somebody else's. I think she had like Tori Wilson's theme when she left or something. So Eve Torres. Been on a wee. Theme, so. You've had 
Randy Orton used CM Punk's theme for one night a couple of years before CM Punk debuted. Um, on Brendan yeah. on Brendan White's debut on the WWE Network, um, which had a oh, really I didn't watch it. How was it? Was he yeah, all right? Really good showing, actually. They, they they came up a little bit short, but one of his opponents had uh, Brian Kendrick's theme music as his walking, <laughs> but without the Peter person going, "Oh, listen to me, yeah." They they just cut out the voice, and it was just the But the guy didn't walk to the ring like swaying around with a leather jacket on or anything. He just walks to the ring like he just had a big poo. What progress event was that? I need to watch it on the network. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the, it'll the, be the latest team. one up. What's yeah, that? Surely, surely it'll come it's called in 3D. The in 3D, that's it. Um, right. And you can go on there. You can actually um, select the certain match you want to watch. Um, so they've got a promo beforehand where they, they're saying that they're the best wrestlers in Wales. That are Welsh, oh, that I are hope he Wales. does. I hope he does. Yeah, and um, Danny Jones, who's wrestling, apparently is the best technical wrestler in Wales. He is pretty decent, to be fair. Um, but yeah, then they go into the match. Um, there is this really cool spot where um, there's like a German suplex into a normal suplex where he's throwing both of his opponents. Um, really good showing. They came up a little bit short, but I can see him going on, hopefully, and going on there more and more. I, I think you know, he just needs to get a bit more confidence in the promo. Yeah. Uh, get more like he is on Dragon Pro, um, but the match-wise, pretty decent. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, you know, they're in a warehouse, um, but there's a few really good talents. You got Giselle Shaw on there, who uh, was progress as well. Um, she's going to be a big women's star, um, and a couple other guys who are on the up. So worth a watch just to see, you know, what could be coming to NXT UK. Happy days, smash him. Right, there was a 24 documentary this week. On it, the Miz, it was I think awesome. I'm the only one who hasn't watched it. Um, <laughs> who wants to kick us off? Dan, do you want to kick us off on this one before Jamie gets too excited? And then yeah, he can, can do. I've been looking forward to it for ages. I've always said um, to Joe, like Miz is one of my favorite wrestlers, and Joe was like, "What are you on about? He's rubbish. I hate him. He's annoying." And I'm thinking, "No, I, I like him." Um, well, that's the whole point, isn't it? He's yeah, supposed to hate him and annoy him. Yeah, he'd be annoying. I, I, yeah. I hate him when he first came in because. He was just like a reality TV star. Like, who, who the hell is this Miss guy? He's, he's just really annoying and crap. But over the years, it's like he's grown on me. I'm like, actually, the Miss is pretty decent. I like him now. But I, I, it did work, though. Like, he was so annoying. I'm just like, oh, get the Miss off. He's just an annoying prick. It was the dirt sheet, though, I think, that won it for me. When he was on ECW, I think I was the only viewer mm-hmm. of ECW ever. Um <laughs> He was on there, he was doing the dirt sheets, and he was doing all of this, and then he started to work with John Cena. And he actually comments on the fact that John Cena actually helped him. You know, he wasn't ready to be in a main event, but he then got drafted to another show away from John Morrison. He started wearing different ring attire, took himself a little bit more serious, uh, serious sorry, and then, um, yeah, started winning titles in more intercontinental US. And then when he had that run with John Cena, he actually was saying that um, it, at the WrestleMania that we all vote was probably one of the worst WrestleManias that we watched. He actually knocks himself out on the concrete floor in the audience, <laughs> um, and like the John Cena's, which like, I didn't know watching that. I didn't know. I, I didn't, didn't know either. And he's, so he's had a main event match at WrestleMania where he's retained the world title against John Cena, and he doesn't remember any of it. It's just like Undertaker facing and losing his streak, and he doesn't remember any of that either. <laughs> it's crazy to think but yeah he thanks john he thanks john cena he thanks the rock says that they really helped elevate him gave him loads of advice but it kind of shows him throughout the years of started off on reality you know he was on the real world and nobody liked him so he started acting like a wrestler and they all liked him um then he went on tough enough he came short to daniel puta um remember um and then they um tried to get him to do diva search but they Basically, he didn't give him any help with the telephone number that he had to read to the crowd. But Vince gave him a chance. The, and the massive botched promo. 
He's like, when you're checking his wrists. <laughs> and, then, and then DX take the piss out of him the week after on SmackDown, going, you can buy all of our merch at www.eshop.com. But he said that any time that he fails, he takes that as a challenge. So his mum was actually saying that when he was in school, they were saying that he knows his dad. It was he was saying, "Don't worry, you'll be a failure. You'll never, you know, we we understand you're stupid. You're not going to ever do anything because the teachers gave him a report card and said that he was dull." Um, Then a month later, his teachers called up um, his dad and said, "What what what have you done to him? Like he's a straight A student now. So anytime you tell the Miz that he's going to be." you know, a loser or he's not going to do anything. He takes that as a challenge to actually get better. So he, that's when he, people were telling him that he wasn't going to make it in WWE. He realized people didn't like doing press days. So he said, well, sign me up for every single one of them. It's a way of me getting my name out there, um, way of me getting better. He's first in the building, last one to leave. You put in the work like John Cena did, and it shows dedication. If you're willing to work for something, you can achieve anything. I will watch this one because I do like the 24 documentary. I'm assuming it's about an hour long. Most hour, of them are hour and a half. Hour and a half. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Um, but you would all recommend it then, of course. Yes, yeah. it's not very really highly. The Sasha Banks Broken Skull Sessions, you can actually watch it in one sitting. I still never got around to watching that. I don't think yeah. I ever will. <laughs> yeah, like, so it, it goes into a little bit more with the backstage because obviously nobody liked him, like nobody. I mean, they were talking about like JBL in commentary basically saying how crappy he is and he's like, who is this guy? And he had to get changed in janitor's rooms and wasn't allowed to use the bathrooms because he got kicked out of the locker room for about seven months. Uh, and stuff like that as well because he just wasn't and but that made him better as what he was and when he went to wwe beforehand to like try it out he went to like acting school and improv you know to obviously get on his acting skills and i think as we all know if you talk about the last what three five years the best promo in wwe was talking smack with the miz and daniel bryan that's still one of the greatest promos ever and one thing i didn't know as well it was completely unscripted. Like, yeah. they, like Daniel Bryan and Miz would just know how to push each other. As but in, yet like, more proof. Yet more proof that they need to get away with these. Uh, get done with these scripted promos. Just give them. This is the theme that you need to go with, and just make sure you do mention this. But go for it. They need to have trust within their stars to do so. Obviously, if they don't think they can do it, don't, I'm not saying give it to everyone, but for God's sake, give them a bit of freedom because when they do, mm. it works. Yeah, I, yeah mean, I haven't watched it, but like Miz and Miz and Mrs, like he does all of that as well. So I'm pretty sure he's confident enough to go off script and do whatever he wants because better without a script. But early on when that diva search botch happened, Vince McMahon was just like bullet points. Whatever you want to mm. say, put it in bullet points and remember your bullet points and then you'll have a perfect promo. So that's how obviously he develops his promos later on. Brilliant. Well, I will get round and give it a watch. Right. I suppose we need to have a look at, well, I'll say have a look at what's been announced. Nothing really, I think, two matches. But we do have WrestleMania Backlash coming up. WrestleMania Backlash, baby! Woo! Woo! It's the first time um, that Backlash has been... I read, uh, well, I read this, but I want to make sure that this is true before I go ahead with it. Apparently, it's the first time that Backlash has been directly after WrestleMania since 2009. Does that sound about right? Um, it rings a bell. I mean, I always remember yeah. that Wrestle, Wrestle, the Backlash after WrestleMania when, um, was it Goldberg returned and speared the rock? Yes, yeah. Um, 
So, uh, well, that was on Raw, wasn't it? That he returned yeah. and speared the rock. Always yeah, and then they had their match. Ugly at, leather yeah. jacket. Gotcha. He goes, so rock, you want to know who's next? Eh? You're next. And then just spears <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, it's the first time it's back to being directly after WrestleMania since 2009. Hence the reason they've now renamed it WrestleMania Backlash. So we've got two matches announced so far for the cards. Obviously, we won't do our predictions. We'll get around to that the week before, or rather the episode before. Um, so really, I just want your initial thoughts so far on what's been announced and what we think is going to be announced. If we start with the women's SmackDown Women's Championship match, we have had... Bianca Belair announced to face Bailey. She's putting her title in the line in her first events. As I say, not a prediction, just thoughts at the moment. Do you want to kick us off on this one, Joe? Um, I think Bailey's a good opponent for Sasha Banks. You know, unfortunately for Bailey, she didn't really have a WrestleMania moment. I know she adds the hosted duties. I think Bailey's a good opponent, you know, good one after Sasha Banks, you know, oh yeah, okay, you've bought you've beaten Sasha Banks, but can you beat me out? You know, Bailey held the championship for three hundred plus days. I think it'll be a, a really solid match. Really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I I think that, like you say, it's, it's a solid first opponent to have, and it's you know somebody she's not just facing. Who, who can I? You know, I, I don't mean any disrespect when I say this. I mean, I know she's on Raw anyway, she Mandy Rose, but I just want to say she's not just facing somebody throwaway in her first defence. It's good to say that they're putting a bit of strong booking in there by having a face, you know, a former, you know, multiple time champion and the longest reigning. Is she the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion? I want to say, Bailey, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I've heard that or read that That's somewhere. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, I think it'll be a, a solid match. And I think more importantly, even if it is just for, you know, a few weeks leading up to the event, it gives Bailey something to do. Yeah, and to be fair, I can see something being added to it, maybe a Sasha Banks being added to it or a stipulation, but you do need to solidify a new champion, especially somebody they've built for so many months. Um, you know, I guess we're going to get to our predictions, and I feel that um, should be, you know, should be keeping the belt, but it's a good starting point. You know, Bailey doesn't mind taking the L, like you said, it gives her a bit of TV time, um, and it's, it's going to be a solid match. They're going to have a solid 20, 30 minutes, and we're all going to be happy with it, so it's win-win, really, isn't it? Happy days. Do you have any comments on that one, Jamie, or are you happy to just move on? No, yeah, it's fine. Like I said, there isn't anyone else. If you look at the women's division, that's in the title picture. So, so, so be it. Mm-hmm. What I would have liked them to do, I mean, we saw on Raw that so- Sonia Deville uh, brought um, Charlotte Flair back, but I would have liked to have seen Sonia Deville bring Charlotte Flair over to SmackDown. Um, it was said on uh, Talking Smack last week or the week before, Bianca Belair said, I want to defeat all the horsewomen. I know this is a potential WrestleMania match or a SummerSlam match. Those two having a match would be incredible. But I bring her over. You remember like they did with Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar yeah. was a free agent and Stephanie brought over the belt? It's like a big sign-in. Um, why can't they do the same with Charlotte? Bring her over and it'll bolster the women's division. On I, think, I think that could be a good SummerSlam match. But if you talk about in all the four horsewomen, who would you rather see at WrestleMania? Becky Lynch. You would like to see, but yeah, but Becky Lynch versus <laughs> Bianca Belair. Yeah, I think if that's they... what I mean. If it wants to beat all four of them, have like Charlotte at SummerSlam because that's a, still a big match. And I argue that's I argue SummerSlam is probably the second biggest event of the calendar year. Mm. And then and then like I said, oh, have the Royal Lynch Rumble, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, Royal I agree, Rumble. Royal Rumble. But that that's only for one match. Supposed to be big over the card, isn't it? So. Yeah, so let's go for. 
I, I think I think they need to go for Bailey now. Maybe even I tell you what, maybe even have Bailey now a Sasha Banks rematch at SummerSlam, a Charlotte Flair match at Royal Rumble, and then a Becky Lynch match at WrestleMania I mean, and have that as the build over the four matches. I know five technically because we've had the Mania yeah. match, but you know what I mean, in, in defence of the title. But saying SummerSlam, it depends whether they do it or not, because what SummerSlam's going to be August, September time. Sometimes they do a draft around then. So oh, you know, she could I'm get drafted to but with Charlotte Flair as well, they are messing around with the Rhea Ripley um, and Asuka with the women's title on Raw. They, I've got a big feeling that's going to be a triple threat match that they're going to book. Um, so they they use it's just going to be a night of triple threat matches, yeah. especially if they add Sasha Banks to this. It's just a, and Daniel you know, Bryan's forget. not going to be in any of them. <laughs> Woo, good. Well, they could just not put Asuka back in the match altogether. Asuka lost clean to uh, Rhea Ripley. They could just do. Um, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. We'll all be happy with that if they want to do a singles. That's interesting to see if they are going to add that to the card. Because, again, you've got Rhea Ripley against, you know, solid, solid performer in, in Charlotte Flair. But then how do you have Charlotte Flair lose clean, especially since you beat her last year at WrestleMania? Yeah. And this is Charlotte think... Flair we're supposed to be talking about. Well, she's she's been a heel now, uh, like really bad. She's a heel. proper heel. She's, yeah. Been yeah. More, she's been more like Ashley Flair. She's been, you know, trying to be herself turned up instead of a, a character. You know, she's just trying to be an intense version. She's coming out, you know, she's not wearing her dad's robes anymore. She's got like this leather jacket with a pimped up half collar. Um, you know, she's forging a different path. It's almost like a a different gimmick you know she's got an attitude where she hadn't she had a little bit of an attitude and cockiness before but it's it's mainly like like what roman reigns is doing i know i'm good i know i should have the belt you know and if a referee gets in my way that like she said on on raw that referee just admitted he was wrong what are you going to do about it you, you wouldn't hear charlotte yeah. Flair say that before she would just literally earn a title shot and win the title back like she usually does <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> I think what would make more sense would be number one contender match at the pay-per-view. So Rhea Ripley will be at ringside and it will be Asuka versus Charlotte, maybe if you're not talking about having too many triple threats. I think that's a good shout. I'd be quite happy to see that. What do we think is going to happen with the Universal title then at Backlash? It's an interesting question. No, the Universal Universal title is Roman Reigns. On SmackDown this week, they've got um, Daniel Bryan going against Roman Reigns. If Daniel Bryan loses, he's banished from SmackDown, which sets up nicely him going across to NXT and facing Pete Dunne, I might add, like I said <laughs> a few weeks ago. Um, but um, yeah, Cesaro's been saying, well, I deserve a title shot. I don't know whether they're just going to go for the Seth Rollins-Cesaro rematch or whether they're just going to throw Cesaro straight in there and we're not even going to have a title match. Um, but I think if they do have a universal title match, it'll involve um, Cesaro and they, he'll probably earn his way in by defeating Seth Rollins again. I think it's interesting the kind of build-up. They do seem to be continuing the Seth Rollins and Cesaro feud, don't they, from what I understand, from what I've seen. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have another match but I think if you are having another match, Cesaro needs to win again to build him up for the I Universal think... title. I think ultimately he's not going to win the Universal title, unfortunately. There's no point There's no point having him beat Seth at WrestleMania to then mm. face Seth again if you want him to centre the Universal picture, sorry, Universal title picture around him as well as the next credible opponent. Because this is the thing, we need credible opponents. Nobody can beat him. That's the way that they're going with it. Nobody can beat him. He's just beating Daniel Bryan and Edge in the same night, in, in the same match. So, how how else do you just build somebody up? You need someone who's on a winning streak. Don't have Cesaro face 
Seth Rollins again to just lose so it's one-on-one so they can have a yeah. rubber match because then you're not building up a credible opponent for Roman Reigns. Have Cesaro go over Seth Rollins again at Backlash and then is it money in the bank after that? You know, because unfortunately Cesaro isn't going to win. Have Cesaro lose to Reigns at Money in the Bank. At least then he's had his main event at Money in the Bank. He's lost, but at least he's had a singles match for the title. But then you've had somebody face Roman Reigns who's coming off a bit of a hot streak, winning every match leading up to it. Yeah, I Do agree think... Taran. I think the best way for Cesaro to gain momentum is like having beat, like, believe all here, so have been beat set. Seth Rollins then have him have a match against him like someone like Baron Corbin like have him win 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 every week you're like well Cesaro's on a winning streak and then every week Cesaro's like well I beat him I beat him so I deserve a title shot yeah I mean that's what you're talking about like logistically yeah booking 101 but realistic what's going to happen is Cesaro's going to win money in the bank (laughs) You you laughed at the artist formerly known as Brad when he said that what? That Cesaro's going to win the money in the bank? Yeah, he said, oh, he's going to win. No, it was, was Taryn it was. He said, oh, yeah, Cesaro's going to win money in the bank. And Taryn's quote, and I, I quote word for word, are you stupid? <laughs> he, yeah, he won't because he won't be in the ladder match. He'll be facing Roman Reigns for the title. <laughs> uh, he could face Scrappy-Doo. Resident Jey Uso. Oh, yet again. Yeah, but again, at least if he does, at least he's going to go over and win that. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, they just need to just keep having him win. I'm going to get him, boss. I'm going to get him, boss. I'll get him. <laughs> right. Um, other than that, we've got the triple threat match. Bobby Lashley defending against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. I mean... Makes no sense. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I mean, you might as well take the lead on this one, Joe, because I agree with you. I mean, Wait. they had a triple threat last last week. Like, oh, whoever wins the triple threat match is the number one contender. And Drew McIntyre won it. And then this week on Raw, because Charlotte Flair got reinstated by Sonya Deville, Bosham were basically bullied down in the pier as well. Sonya Deville said that Charlotte could come back. So if I win this match against Drew McIntyre tonight, I'd be put in the match. I just basically bullied him. And, and Adam Pierce was like, yeah, all right then. Yeah. Well, he said. Um, but after Braun Strowman was just bullied, he's now bullying someone else. Well, yeah. he, he didn't necessarily bullied. He was he's quite um, forceful. <laughs> he said, um, "I wasn't the one who got pinned in that triple threat match. Randall Keith Orton got pinned. So really, I should be in contention. So I, I want a match against him tonight. And if I beat him, I think really I should be added to the match." And Adam Pier- and he, he says to Adam Pierce, or, "Or does Sonya make all the decisions?" Around? And he goes, "No, I think I agree with you." And he just books it. Wait, do you forget it now? Because what is Randy Orton doing? He will be a new tag team champion okay, bro. with Madal as the RK Bros. Oh, bro, I just had to hate yeah. it. I absolutely hate it. Yeah, but what if we were? Sorry, Joe. What if we were booking at uh, Backlash, Omos and AJ versus Randy and Riddle? I'm sorry, that'd be an amazing match. I'm well up for that. But again, last week, Randy always like, I hate, I hate, I hate um, Matt Riddle. He's stupid. Like he went to, he went to Adam Pierce. Who the hell is that guy with that cap on? And this week, he's like, oh, I actually respect you. Know, I'm like, I'm going, you go from hating him to respecting him. I was like, I was quick. 
quality booking all this, isn't it? Quality yeah, then, booking. Randy did this before with the Wyatt family, where he joined the Wyatt family when the tag belts, and he said that he was part of the Wyatt family, only to make it implode and then have one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history. Very true. Very true. But don't worry, it can all be sorted with this quality triple threat match that everybody's looking forward to for Braun Strowman to win the Universal title and to be a two-time Universal champion. I mean, he, it wouldn't, he wouldn't be universal. He'd win the WWE title. Oh, it's WWE, like, isn't it? Oh, well, there we go. That's even better. He can have it. It's one step closer to being that Grand Slam champion. Oh, my days. We don't want to see it happen. I mean, with the no, WWE title, no. it's it's only been won by, what is it, 58 or 60 different people in the 50 years it's been around? Something like that. I think Jinder yeah. Mahal was number 55, if I remember. Don't um, hinder the gender. Never hinder the gender. It's come on. We all know that they're just setting this up so Bobby can keep building towards... You know, either surprise cashing or SummerSlam. Brock Lesnar. Or Brock. Laser at SummerSlam. Yeah, Brock Brock and Bobby, when that's going to happen, is going to be money in it. That's definitely, I think they're waiting for arenas so they can finally do that match. Wouldn't you love they do Um, that match and then there's a a Money in the Bank cashing halfway through? We're all been waiting for it for 10 years. What, Cesaro's cashing? Cesaro (laughs) cashes in on him. Oh, dear. Right. We look forward to seeing more matches announced for WrestleMania Backlash up until the um, week that we will be doing the predictions. But shall we finish off, as always, guys, with the quiz? Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's Jamie's turn. Yeah, it's man. Just before I move on, oh, to the quiz, quickly, we when we're talking about announce, if we're talking about announced matches and stuff, I know we'll talk about it next week as it is next Wednesday, but. Haven't they kind of just announced Blood and Guts is just going to be one match for two hours live? That's kind. Of, it hasn't been announced, but it's more or less been rumored. I think that what's happened is, is that's the yeah. only match going to be live with fans, and everything else is going to be pre-recorded for the double matches. I think the match is definitely scheduled to go over an hour. Put it that way, the way that they've been saying things. Yeah, um, I don't quite know how I feel about that because you know you can have a solid. Well, no match. more than It's going to be hard enough to pay per view in AW Dynamite tonight. But from what I what I've heard, it's going to be that's the only match live for fans. Everything else might be pre-recorded if there is other matches. Great. Well, let's see. Hey, right, let's do a quiz. You can't hold it okay. off any longer. He's probably still <laughs> trying to write the quiz. Oh, yes, I am. Um, so I kind of like started off by thinking, well, let's go from some of the news and everything that's happened uh, recently. So, and I tried to do a quiz around that. So it's 10 questions or general knowledge as always. So obviously the big news was Mickey James and her bag. So who did Buff Bagwell face <laughs> in the Bagwell on a forklift match? Yeah. So question one is in the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match, who did Buff Bagwell face? Right. Thankfully <laughs> starting off the uh, the quiz with one that I actually know. Yeah, there you go. I don't I don't so, know, so I'm taking a random guess. And then the other big news this week, TNA Rebellion was on the weekend. But when was last WWE Rebellion pay-per-view? So you just want the year? Just the year? It's one of two years. I know that much. It's a gamble of which one that we go for. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, um, 
just so you're not at disadvantage here, Taryn, but obviously the Miss 24 documentary was on. It wasn't in the documentary, but if you know, well done. In 2006, okay. who did the Miz make his WWE in-ring debut against? Oh, God. He, he did mention it in the in the 24, didn't he? Yeah, he mentioned making his debut, but I don't think you really saw it. Didn't really announce who his opponent was. There was a little clip of it, but he didn't say, Actually, "Oh, my match is against on... this person." Was this on? It Smackdown? was on SmackDown. Cool. Just trying to think, it would have been 2006. That's when he made his WWE in-ring debut. Oh, God, first wrestling like match. Earlier than that, it was like 2003. Well, yeah, oh, he was God. he was around WWE then, like for like the Tough Enough and Diva Search and stuff. But his England debut was two thousand and six because he went right. down to OBW after. I think I know he's because I think he's somebody who's retired. A good thing as well. What just mentioned in the Miz documentary really quickly, they had um, Zack Ryder talking quite a lot on it after just recently Loads. being released. Oh, they got him <laughs> so back for it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, he took he talked quite a bit in it as well. Former WWE superstar. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, happy days. And right, Miz, Miz, Miz came through the curtain on one of them, and you just hear him back and go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Miz said it to Zach Ryder, doesn't he? He, he goes, "Whoa, whoa." <laughs> right. Um, so obviously, the Miz's first like proper gig in WWE was hosting the Diva Search contest. Who was yeah. the first ever winner of the Diva Search contest? Right, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, boy. Well, we could be on a, a, a full streak here, we could. <laughs> okay. Uh, this wasn't this week, but it was recent. Ronda Rousey announced that she's pregnant. So, Ronda Rousey has only lost two matches in the WWE. What were those two matches? She lost two matches in WWE. She's only lost two matches in the WWE. I thought she'd what only lost one. I will say she hasn't lost one-on-one. -on -one. God, right. Well, I've got one. Is this a, is a point for each, you said, yeah? Yeah. Uh, okay, good God. Okay. Right, that'll do. And then I couldn't think of anything else. I just went for general knowledge. So besides Royal Rumble matches, what match is the longest pay-per-view match in WWE history? Besides uh, the Royal Rumble match. I don't know why I said pay-per-view. It's the longest match in WWE history anyway. But I gave okay. it to by saying it's on a pay-per-view. Yeah. So besides Royal Rumble matches, so no greatest Royal Rumble or anything like that. What match is the longest pay-per-view match in WWE history? Okay. In Lovely. WCW, what is the first five-star Meltzer match? What was the first ever five-star Meltzer match that was given in WCW? I have absolutely no idea. Let's go for... Even though they face each other multiple times. You don't want, like, the... Are you going to let us get away with just the two? Yeah, just the match. I don't need to leave what event. No, it's fine. Oh, no, he might have been against. No, let's go with that. Okay. Lovely. Question eight Who did Super Bowl winning tight end Robert Gronkowski pin to win the 24 7 title? 
absolutely no idea. I can't remember. I'll just have to go with it. Be obvious. Cool. And question nine. What was the tag team name given to Heath Slater and Titus O'Neil? <laughs> yes, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And question 10, finishing off with the most underrated WWE superstar of all time and his wife. What is the surname of Maurice? Oh. It's not Mazanin. No, it's not. <laughs> I just wrote Mazanin. No. Oh. Well, I assume it's French. Um. Okay, no idea. Right, go for it. Okay, so we're who, who we start with this time? We usually start with Brad. Are we going to start with Dan or Joe this time round? Or we'll start with Taron because Taron will cheat. Hey, hey well, I've got my answers here. Yeah, not... Okay, so number one, who yeah. did Buff Bagwell say in the Judy? Does anyone the think they know? Because I think I know. I took a guess. I don't have a clue. I well, guess you have. I guess Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Okay. What did you say, Joe? But Johnny B. Bad. I thought and it Taren. was. I thought it was who we've already mentioned tonight. There's an episode on Dark Side of the Ring about in Chris Canyon. It is Chris Canyon. Oh ah. yes. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give myself two points for that one. Please, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He does what he wants. <laughs> when, <laughs> when was last WWE Rebellion pay per view, Taryn? I thought it was between 2002 and 2003, so I went for 2002. Okay. I went for 2001. Joe. I said 2001 as well. It is 2002. Oh. Yes! <laughs> Look at this two in, a in row. Manchester, England. <laughs> in 2006, who did The Miz make his WWE in-ring debut against Taron? Right, I think again. I think I know this one because I have a photograph with the. I have a photograph with two wrestlers. One of them, Marty Janetti, <laughs> and the other one with Tatanka. And I think it's Tatanka. Dan. Tatanka. Joe. Hakali. It is Tatanka. Yes. Okay. Who won the first ever Diva Search contest? Chrissy Hemming. Chrissy Hemming. Dan. I put Leila. Joe. Kelly Kelly? No. You are all wrong. The first ever winner was Jamie Kett or Cope. I don't even know. Ooh. So basically, the first season of the Diva Search was just to be in a photo shoot. It wasn't a wrestling contract. Yeah, Christy Hemi much. won the first season for a contract, but that was Series 2. Ooh. I want to Google who this Jamie Cope was. I guess if she went yeah. off, did nothing. J-O-E, P-P-E. It, like I said, it was only for a photo right. shoot. That was it's, it. It's the, the research was just for a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right. Ronda Rousey has only lost two matches. What were two matches, Taryn? Well, with the, the WrestleMania triple threat, but I didn't know the other one. I went yeah, with... Uh, Who were the wrestlers? Charlotte and Becky. And go. the other one, I went for the, <laughs> I went for the cash-in, uh, and there was Nia and Alexa Bliss involved. No. 
Was it, was it a tag team match or something she was in that she probably did It was didn't a tag team match. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I don't know. Do you get anything else, Joe? Wasn't she in a tag team with Kurt Angle against Stephanie McMahon and Triple H? Oh, they, they won that, though, they didn't they? Because I was in the cash-in, because she had a title match against Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss cashed in. Go on, then. What was it? But was it... Yeah, but who did Alexa Bliss cash in in what? She cashed in on... Um, she won Money in the Bank, didn't she? And then she cashed in on Nia. Yeah, was Wonder Valley still technically in that match? Well, yeah, it would have made it a triple threat, surely. Hang on. What well, well, if you got down and I'll Google it? Hang on. Well, yeah, it was obviously um, Bailey and Sasha versus Natalia and Ronda. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that cashing because I'm sure that they would have made it a triple threat, like the Brock and um, Reigns match when Seth Rollins cashed in. Technically, yes, that's what it says. But for some reason, probably so... It doesn't, doesn't count as a Ronda tarnish. loss. Yeah, it doesn't, even though it does count as a Roman loss for the... And, and a Lesnar loss for the thingy one, but can, yeah. Can, can I um, can I has point? You know what? I'll give you a point just to turn the yeah. Hey, <laughs> what two points he gets for that? What? <laughs> okay. Ooh, besides that. the Royal Rumble match, what match is the longest match in WWE history? Was it I, again? I just guess this was it the WrestleMania Iron Man match between um, Brett and Sean. That's what I went for. Dan Joe. Same way in my match. It was HBK versus Bret Hart in the Iron Man match. Only yeah. by like like a few about a minute and a bit. No, I know what Iron you're gonna say. Well. We're gonna say only by about three minutes. And I was gonna go. <laughs> it was only about a minute. minute. <laughs> Dude, I was the, the Kofi match was near it, wasn't it? The one where he had to run the gauntlet. Yeah, that was a close one. Yeah. Um, so, what was the first, first WCW five star Meltzer match? Right. So, I thought right. it had to include Rey Mysterio. So, I was thinking between Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko, and I went for Dean Malenko. Okay, Dan. Um, I went with Sting Flair. Oh, he probably okay. and Joe. He, um, Eddie versus Rey Halloween Havoc. <sighs> no. So. One of you gets a point with Ric Flair, but it was Ric Flair versus oh. Ricky Steamboat. Ah. It wasn't get a point. He got the match wrong. It wasn't who was in the well, match. He gets a point for Ric Flair. <laughs> so you could just name someone who's been in a five-star <laughs> match. <laughs> yeah. Two points up for grabs in that. Bollocks to this. Who I'll did Robert Gronkowski pin? Um, I, don't, oh, truth, I, just I don't know. I put Mojo Rawley. Dan. Joe. Akira Tozawa. It was Mojo. Oh, he pinned his friend. Mojo Rumbly, baby. What What was the tag team name given to Slater and Titus? I know, this, I know this. It was Slater Gator, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Slater Gator. Joe. Slater Gator. Slater Gator. And what is the surname to Maurice? Uh, no idea. I put La France because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I put I didn't know I put pourquoi, which I think is what in French. <laughs> Joe. Uh, no, it's Hule. Marie Hule. Hule. So Hule. it's um it Hule. is O U I L L E T. Ah. Fair enough. 
omelette du fromage. <laughs> omelette. Um, I got I got six. I used to, when I used to watch um, Wales versus France. I, I, I said omelette du fromage, and somebody walked past me and said, "Why is that guy saying omelette with cheese?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I didn't want to stop him and say Dexter's laboratory, mate. So what get Taryn? Six. Dan. Len Goodman. Seven. Joe. Two. Two. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is a good quiz. Dan's on six. Sorry, it's Dan on six. Um, Jamie on Rick three, Taryn on two, and Joe on one. Who's that, Ric Flair? Happy days. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I, I'm. Not, yeah. No. No comment. We'll ar- we'll argue about it after the podcast. <laughs> and I'm sure right. as well if you counted that special Ronda match as well. Uh, well, yeah, we don't count that. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> don't count that. But, There's um, an asterisk I'm, next to that win. <laughs> I'm back on hosting duties next week, and I you are. Is you're on hosting, so it's chance for me to catch up by <laughs> winning it all. But we will have a another quality episode as always next week. But until then, where can they find us on the socials, Dan? They can find us as Grapplecast Show. We're available on the Facebook, the Twitter. We're also available on the Instagram. Feel free to give us a follow, a like, a share. And also, if you want to give us a comment and suggest future topics, we're all ears. Lovely. And please subscribe to the podcast. We are everywhere. I mean, you're probably listening anyway, hence the reason that you know to do it. But tell your friends, we are on all major podcast streaming platforms. And tell indeed, your friends, tell your mother. <laughs> <laughs> baby. Woo! Woo! Um, but until then, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a great show as always, and we shall see you all next week. Thanks very much, guys. Nice thanks, one, guys. Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What?